I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Welcome to another episode of HR Coffee Time with me, Faye Wallace. I'm a career coach and outplacement specialist with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. It's wonderful to have you back for another episode, or if you're new to listening to the show, it's great to have you here for the first time. If you have been listening for a while, you'll know that I normally script out everything I'm going to say before I hit record but I thought I would be brave and finally, 44 episodes in, give it a try at recording this without a script. So it would be great to hear what you think of it at the end. If you say go back to the scripts, Faye, that's no problem at all, but let me know what you think. And I just wrapped up the very first time that I ever ran my group coaching programme, which is called Inspiring HR. I had eight people in the programme, it took place over six weeks and it was wonderful to work with them all. They were such a lovely group of HR professionals and we worked on boosting their confidence, being strategic, building key relationships, influencing at a senior level and projecting confidence and credibility before wrapping it all up with a session on planning for the future. And it was really interesting for me because it's the first time I've ever run the program. So I was creating the content as we went, trying to make sure that I shaped it to fit exactly what it was that they needed. And one week that everyone seemed to get a lot out of was the week that we looked at influencing at a senior level. I hadn't realised what a popular topic that would be. So, as they liked it so much, I thought that you might like to learn a little bit about it too. And I thought I would share some of the concepts that I introduced in the group programme. So that's what our focus is going to be on today. I really hope that you're going to enjoy it and that you're going to get a lot out of it. 
whether you're operating at a senior level already or it's something you aspire to do in the future, it is never too early to start developing these skills. And what do I actually mean by influencing at a senior level? Well, by that I mean being able to convince or persuade other people around you to get on board with your ideas or to take actions that you would like them to take. And what that involves is thinking about different groups within the organisation. So I think there's a danger that as you move up a hierarchy, it can be too easy to focus on just influencing upwards. But actually, to be truly strategic and effective in a senior HR role, you need to be thinking about far more than that. Yes, it's really important to be able to influence upwards, but you also need to remember that you have to be able to influence across as well. So that means your peer group, whatever level you're sitting at, everyone else who's in a similar level to you, who has also got their own ideas, who will have an impact on whatever it is that you want to get done, you need to make sure that you're able to influence them as well. You've then got influence downwards. So that can be your immediate team, the people that you're working alongside, but also there's the bigger downwards and acrosswards, which is the entire workforce. When we were looking at this particular week in Inspiring HR, I was struck by how helpful what I'm about to share with you seemed to be for everyone when they were thinking about rolling out new HR systems or new HR initiatives and they really needed to be able to influence across the whole organisation because they needed everyone to buy into the new systems and start to adopt them and start to use them. Of course that's not the only time that you have to influence but it was interesting for me to see just how helpful what I'm about to share was. So what is it that I keep alluding to? Well, what I'm going to share with you is something that everyone, well, maybe not everyone, but lots of people in the world of sales and marketing are very familiar with. And I believe really that we can borrow a lot of concepts and ideas from other disciplines outside of HR and the people profession. This is one thing that is particularly valuable to borrow. It's the work of Dr. Robert Cialdini. He is an incredibly successful researcher and author, and he was able to identify six principles of persuasion. So these are six things that if you do them, you're likely to be able to influence and persuade people to come around to your way of thinking or to get them on board with an idea. Now, of course, we're all people, not robots. (laughs) So you're not going to be able to say, oh, okay, I know these six things now. I will be able to convince everyone of everything. But I definitely think it's useful to know about them and to think about how you can incorporate elements of them into your work and into the way that you communicate with everybody. So his six principles of persuasion. The first one is called reciprocity. The premise behind this is the idea that if you give something to someone else, if you do something for someone else, then they're very likely to want to return the gesture in some way. You may have even experienced this in your personal life. Say, for example, you haven't sent someone a birthday card when it was their birthday, but they send one to you on your birthday. You may feel a bit bad about it and want to do something in exchange. And you might even make a mental note to make sure that you do the same thing for them next year that you send them a card. 
it's some sort of hard wiring that we seem to have as humans that we want to give back if someone has given to us. This idea ties in quite nicely with Adam Grant's work that I've mentioned before in the episodes of the podcast that focus on networking. So I'll make sure I link to those in the show notes for you in case you'd like to listen back to those as well. But what Adam Grant discovered through his research, he's a professor and an organisational psychologist, is this idea that in the workplace there's an element of give and take. And for most people, if you give something to them they are going to want to reciprocate in some way. We tend to be keeping score on these things to make sure that there is a balance in what's happening in the workplace. But of course, it may feel easy to be able to help people out on a one-to-one basis. What about when it's the wider workforce? Well, it's not just birthday cards, although of course, that probably could be a good idea. It's other things as well. So if you're rolling out a new system, what little token could you give everyone that's going to associate the system in their mind with something that they want to act on when you ask them to. So whether it's going to be a tiny little teddy wearing a t-shirt with the branding of the system on it, or perhaps a, I can't remember what they're called, flash drive, USB stick, which has got the branding on it, or it can be anything at all. It's just the idea that you give people something small and it's much more likely that they're going to want to then follow through and give back in some way to what it is that you're going to ask them to do next. Cialdini's second principle of persuasion is commitment and consistency. And there's a lot more to this than I'm going to share with you now. So I definitely recommend that you get his book, which I will link to in the show notes if you would like to know more about this in detail. But one element of it that I think is helpful for you to know is the idea that once we've made a small commitment, we're much more likely to consistently follow through with that commitment and take on bigger ones afterwards. So going back to our idea of the HR system that you might be rolling out or a new policy that you want people to get on board with or a new procedure, instead of going, bam, here is the entire new system, you've got to change everything straight away, the way that you're doing it. Instead, if you just ask for a really small commitment, so can you please start using it for this this one thing and get everyone used to doing that, then you can tack on additional requests. So you can consistently ask them for them to use it a little bit more in a slightly different way. And you will have experienced this element of persuasion, perhaps if maybe you give to a charity. So for example, there's one charity that I've been donating to monthly for years and years. And every year, they'll call me and ask if I would like to increase my contribution because they know that I see in my mind I'm committed to supporting that charity. So it's much more likely that I will agree to that and just give a little bit more than actually if they'd approached me in the street the first time and asked me for that whole amount of money every month in one go. Cialdini's third principle of persuasion is social proof. So giving evidence that other people are doing the action that you would like people to get on board with or other people are implementing the idea that you think is a really good idea that you would like everyone to do. We see social proof around us all the time. It's the reason that there are so many Instagram influencers, so brands will realise that if a certain celebrity or person is using one of their products, then it's much more likely that we, the consumers, are going to go ahead and get on board with the idea of buying that product for ourselves. 
But of course, this extends way beyond Instagram influencers. You can use it yourself at work. And I can remember an example of when I would have used this principle without realizing that's what I was doing. It's when I was in my last HR role and I was looking at our employee engagement, our approach to employee engagement and trying to get our results to be higher. And I remember the MD said to me, well, what's everyone else doing about this? They can't just be doing what we're doing if it's not working. And I said, oh yes, I read about this other company who are using employee engagement champions. And I was so shocked because in the next breath she said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, let's do that. <laughs> I was really expecting I was going to have to go to her with loads of research and statistics and evidence, but actually that it was enough for her to hear the social proof that another organisation was using it successfully. That was enough to get her on board with the idea. So if you need to get people on board with one of your ideas, you can talk about how potentially your competitors are doing it or a different sector have done it really well, or if we think back to the implementation of a new system, you can get one group of people within the workforce to use it successfully, and then ask them to talk to everyone else about it, or write about the fact that they've used it so successfully, and why it's been so great. And from people being able to see that, they themselves will be much more likely then to get on board with using the system for themselves. Cialdini's fourth principle of persuasion is liking. So that means being a likeable person. And this may feel very abstract and, well, how on earth am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to get the entire workforce to like me? This doesn't feel very realistic. Well, actually, I would ask you to think of it in a slightly different way. How much do people know you? How present are you, especially now that so many of us are working remotely or in a hybrid environment? It means there isn't necessarily the same amount of opportunity for people to just bump into you in the corridor at work. Are you in the newsletter? Are you sending friendly, welcoming emails? Are you making sure that you're involved in the onboarding process? Are you visible? Are people hearing great stories about you? Do people know that they can approach you if they have got an issue? For so many of us, it's easy to just think, I'll keep my head down, do really good work. And that's the important thing to do at work. But actually, yes, it is important to do really good work, but keeping our head down isn't always the best strategy. We need to not only be talking about our achievements, which is something I often coach and support people with, but also trying to make sure that people get to know you so they can build this feeling of knowing, liking, and therefore trusting you. Because we all know we are far more likely to do something for someone who we know and like than someone who is just a faceless name in an email. The fifth principle of persuasion is authority. This means being able to demonstrate your credibility or the credibility of what you are asking people to do. And you will already have been using this principle at various points throughout your career, I'm sure of it. So if anyone's ever said to you, I just want this person gone, fire them straight away. And you've had to say, uh, hang on a minute. <laughs> the law says we can't just fire people, especially if they've been working for us than more than two years. Well, actually you're referring to the authority of the law. I know that is something that you will probably have had to have talked about at some point because of course 
that's one of the things that we can add value as HR professionals is our employment law knowledge, although I'm sure mine could be a lot better than it is. But otherwise, other ways of demonstrating authority or leaning on authority are to do things like saying, well, look, the CEO has said they want this to happen. So if you have a peer who isn't getting on board with an initiative, sometimes that can be the only option. You're appealing to someone else with even more authority than you have. But other ways are to talk about or reference or make it known what your credentials are. That doesn't just have to be qualifications. If you are CIPD qualified, you can talk about that. It can also be perhaps length of service. So have you been in that organisation for a very long time? Have you got a lot of knowledge of how the organisation runs and the culture? Or perhaps you've been working within HR for a long time, or perhaps you've moved across from finance or a different function. And that means that you've got credibility and knowledge and skills from there. It's funny how we often don't tell people about our professional backgrounds or our professional qualifications. This isn't in an HR capacity, actually, but I had a friend recently who I was helping with some interview coaching who's phenomenally qualified. She actually has a PhD, but hasn't been using her title of doctor. And I said to her, right, when you have got your Zoom interview and you can put your Zoom name on the screen, please, please make sure you put doctor at the front of it. It gives you a huge amount of credibility. It shows that you have dedicated yourself to achieving something that so few of us ever achieve. So although I'm not a doctor, you may not be a doctor, not many of us are, there are all those other things that I've mentioned as well that you can be referring to, not all the time, so you don't want to be walking into the room all the time saying, I am CIPD qualified, you know, but you can make sure that people are aware of it, whether it means putting something in your email signature or just dropping it into conversation now and again, it will give you authority. And if you are a figure of authority, then again, that's one way of having people buy into your ideas and be influenced by you. That brings us to the sixth and final principle of persuasion, which is scarcity. So if people think that something isn't going to be around for very long, or there's only a little bit of it available, then that hugely increases their desire to want to be involved in it or to have it. So you will have seen this lots within the whole marketing or sales world when limited edition things are brought out or you're told that a sale is only going to be happening for a short period of time, just like Black Friday deals. That's a perfect example of scarcity. It's not that all the products are going to disappear, but it's that the special deal and the special discount's going to be gone. So how can you incorporate scarcity into your work to increase your influence in certain areas? Well, there are lots of ways you can do this. Recently, someone asked me about some new online training. They had a new online training program that they were offering and they'd had very little uptake on it. So I made just a couple of small suggestions to help. One of them was around this idea of social proof, which was the third principle of persuasion. So I said, well, you could get together a small group of people who are all interested in learning the same thing and set up a learning group for them and have them all go through one of the online courses together and perhaps at the end of it they get a certificate and they get to talk about their experience with everyone. Well, if they had also wanted to integrate 
the sixth principle of scarcity, they could have advertised and promoted the fact they were going to do this and said something along the lines of only 10 slots available, we're only going to be offering this until the end of next week. So the scarcity there is that you've given a deadline, deadlines are incredibly powerful, and then the rest of the scarcity is that you're only making this trial or this special learning program available to 10 people to begin with. So it's much more likely you're going to get an increased interest and an increased uptake in the initiative. I had some great feedback on the wrap-up that Dr Jonathan Ashen Lamptey did for me a couple of episodes ago, so I'm going to have a go at doing my own version. Let's wrap up today's episode. The six things that we have looked at as ways of building your influence and influencing at a senior level were Cialdini's six principles of persuasion, which were one, reciprocity, two, commitment and consistency, three, social proof, four, liking, five, authority, and six, scarcity. I would love to hear what you thought of the episode and if this has got any ideas flowing, if you want to put any of these tips into action. And if you have enjoyed the episode, I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review it for me on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And the final thing to mention is that I will be running the Inspiring HR group coaching program again. It's going to be starting up in September. I'm going to make a few little changes to it to make it even better than the first time I ran it. So if you're interested in being part of it, then please do feel free to get in touch and I can make sure that I pop you on the waiting list.